chapter 10, Romans chapter 10, as you're turning there, just a couple of things I wanted to make quick mention of. Uh, next Sunday night, that's August the 8th, Sunday evening, we're going to have us a domino tournament. Right here at World Harvest Church of Paducah. We are not playing for money, we're playing for fun. And uh, so we'll have as many tables uh, set up. Just regular standard dominoes, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25. Okay, praise God. And uh, so if you can multiply by fives, you can play dominoes. And uh, we're going to ask everybody to bring a finger food and uh, just come ready to uh, meet new people and, and have a great time in the air conditioning. Right? And, uh, and, uh, and just, just have some, some fun and some fellowship together. So that will happen from 4 to 7 o'clock. Uh, for about 7 p.m. or whenever we get done uh, next Sunday night. Would love for you to make plans to attend, and I expect all of y'all to let me win. <laughs> no, I tell you what, uh, we probably got some mean dominoes players here. So anyway, we'll have a great time. So uh, 4 to 7 o'clock, uh, if you got a set of dominoes, bring them. You know, you might let us know so that we don't have to go buy 25 sets of dominoes. And, uh, and then a thing, you know, a dish, a finger food, bring food for us to eat, and we'll have a great, great time. The other thing I want to make mention before we get into ministry time is uh, my ministry advance class. I'm kind of surprisingly, wonderfully shocked by how many we currently have signed up. I think by the last count, we have 22 people that are signed up for that. And I'm getting calls from people in other states that want to take part via Zoom. And we're probably going to let them do it. So I'm probably going to shut down the class at about 30 or so. I just don't want the class to get too large. And so if you've been contemplating taking this course, I urge you to get your name down. Uh, the sign-up sheet is on the entry table uh, right as you come into the entrance. And if you're curious about what the course is going to cover, what the requirements are, uh, there's a syllabus, there's a free copy of that handout. I'm, I've opened it up to everybody, but I'm, I'm teaching it to people who are already pastoring churches. You know, I've got some preachers under me that we're going to train further, and, or people who know that they're heading toward that, they're called to, to pastor a church or to go into full-time ministry. Uh, but I tell you what, um, like, like most that are attending, there'll be something wonderful for everybody that, that, that comes. Uh, uh, helps is a vitally important ministry. And the more you can learn about the mission of a local church, the vision of a local church, how, what a pastor's responsible to do, and you want to bring a help to that, you want to bring a supply to that, and know how to be around a man of God, a woman of God, uh, and then you'll get a lot out of it. But it's, it's going to require 12 Saturdays from 10 to noon and a lot of outside study and reading. And so, you know, I'm going to put it on you. Okay, so anyway, uh, if you're interested, um, the course starts September the 4th, but I'd like the registration to kind of be finished up by about the 15th of August so we can order books and do all that stuff we need to do. Amen? Now, of course, mentoring is going to start Thursday evenings at 6.30. That's for everybody that wants to come. And that's been standing room only about the last three semesters. What is mentoring? Well, it's people that have asked me, hey, Pastor Chris, will you speak into my life more personally, in a stronger way? Well, I had, I had one do it, and then five do it, and then ten do it, and then I just can't, I can't give 15 hours a week to individuals. I just, I just can't. So God said, do this, and that's what we've been doing. It's been working great. Amen? That happens Thursday evenings at 6.30. There is a small admission fee, 
that goes into my travel fund that helps me go on mission trips, get in conferences that I need to be in, print my books, go to India. And so, you know, that's, I, I've started to take a little bit of a personal compensation after about eight years, you know, the labor's worthy of his hire. Uh, I get paid 200 a month, if you want to know, out of the Chris Cody Ministry Fund. So anyway, hallelujah. Uh, but uh, we're, it's really, Chris Cody Ministries is really growing, and we're, we're excited about that. So uh, praise God. Amen? Amen. Well, Father, we, we look to you. Holy Spirit of God, I need you. The people in this room, they need you to help me <laughs> right now. Uh, I looked for that pastoral office, that gifting, that anointing to really kick in. I thank you, Father, for helping me with that divine ability to feed your people. God, they're a blood-bought people. They are the apple of your eye. They are your sons and your daughters. And you are zealous and jealous for them. So, Father, help me to articulate what you have put on my heart from your word uh, so that they can just easily grasp it and become a doer of it so that their life can continue to be transformed as they learn to live and walk by faith. I thank you for it. Help them, God. There's a grace on them, too, to receive it. I can give it, but they need to receive it, and I believe they will. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, on Sunday mornings at the Lord's direction, we've been uh, teaching on, ministering along the lines of faith. As Sister Tamara said, you can see, faith is what makes the difference. Isn't that right? Faith is what makes the difference uh, in our life. The Bible says that, uh, that it's our faith that overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Amen? And so all that is in the world, all that's coming in the world, you know how the world's in freak-out mode again right now, don't you? You know, all of the signs that Jesus gave at the end of the age, they are present and they are intense. I mean, half of the country is on fire, Literally, we have earthquakes all over. Alaska just recorded this last week, an 8.2, the seventh largest recorded earthquake since they've been keeping track. We have volcanic eruptions going off around the globe. We have famines on every continent. We have governments reeling like ours, economically and otherwise. Nations are under the select judgment of God because of their rebellion, including ours. We've been given over into the hands of ungodly and unthinking leaders. I'm not being political, that's just true. You know, we don't even have common sense, sadly, uh, in a lot of our leadership from school boards all the way up to the you know, highest pinnacles of leadership. It just makes you scratch your head. These are all signs that the... Closing up of this age is rapidly coming, coming to pass. And, uh, of course, they're talking about COVID this and Delta that and, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And you're just going to have to learn to be unmoved. You have to learn to face all these things that we're facing by faith. Amen? Because faith will just put you right on the other side of it. Amen? Glory to God. You look around and they, they say it's really bad out there, but I just don't feel that. That's right, you don't feel it. Why? Because faith in God is making a difference in your life. Amen? Hallelujah. 
I don't believe there is a greater Bible subject, maybe love, walking in love, than the subject of faith. Faith is the one thing that God said, without it, you can't please me. You can't satisfy me. And how many of you know, as much as God has for you and for all of us, for every person, He can't get it to you apart from faith. He can't. Uh, he, he's, in his mind, he's already saved the whole world. But he can't get it to them if they don't exercise faith in what he did. Amen? And so we're learning about faith. Praise God. And the Lord is helping us with faith. And so let's read with me here again. Romans chapter 10, a few verses here. Glory to God. Uh, verse 8 through 10 and then verse 17 says, But what saith it, Paul said? The word is nigh unto thee. Where is the word? Even in your mouth and in your heart. Where is the word supposed to be? In your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess, if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you will believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. There is your formula for faith. There is your recipe to receive anything you want and need from God. If you will confess with your mouth that Jesus has healed you, because it's as much, the Bible teaches, it's as much paid for and is the will of God as is your salvation. So if you will confess with your mouth, by His stripes I am healed, and believe in your heart that you are healed, thou shalt be healed. If you will confess, my God shall supply all my need according to His riches, and believe in your heart that all your needs are supplied, your needs shall be Supplied. Everything you need from God is going to come this very same way. So if you want something from God, anybody want need some things from God? I want need some things from God ongoingly. I want health and healing ongoing. I want a free, easy, abundant flow of finances. Amen. Not just this week, but next week and next month. And all the way to the end. Well, that's, that's the will of God. But the Word of God on that must be where? In your mouth and in your heart. Is it? See, we want, we have these expectations from God. Right? But is the Word near you? Is the Word in your mouth? Amen. And is it in your heart? Only you can answer that. Amen? And so, then notice again, verse 10 sums it up very well. For with the heart, man, that just means human beings, male and female, for with the heart we believe. Notice, I'm not preaching on this this morning, but I'll get to it eventually. It's not with your head that you believe. It's where a lot of people struggle. They're trying to believe God with their mind. You don't believe God with your mind. You believe God with your spirit. The heart here is a reference to your spirit. You believe God with your spirit. You believe God with your spirit and your, your head be on tilt the whole time. It's one of the wonderful truths I, I learned from Brother Hagin about faith. 
is that faith will work in my heart with doubt in my head. Some of the greatest miracles, some of the greatest breakthroughs, some of the greatest answers to prayer I've ever received in my life or in my church, in my ministry, came while I was having big trouble with my head. And a lot of people, the devil tricks them to, to think, well, because I'm having such a problem with doubt and questions and how's this ever going to come to pass in my head that I must be doubting in my heart. No, no, no. Often during those times, my head be giving me fits about this building. You know, we started out with about, I don't know, 116, 120 people when we launched out from Jackson Street. And over the course of about four years of standing and faith and transitions and movement and Saturday church and Tuesday church, our low on a Sunday morning during the whole period was 67. So our numbers got cut in half. People say they're with you. Yeah, they're with me. They're behind me. I can't even see them in my rearview mirror anymore. I'll never forget, I preached a sermon over there at Concord about a vision, a preacher, and a sinking ship. Right out of Acts. And it really looked like if they were with Paul, all those sailors with Paul on that ship, and the storm was raging, and they're throwing all the stuff, and all hope that they would live was lost. And the preacher stood up and told about the vision he had from God. He said, if you'll stay, you've got to stay on the ship, but if you'll stay with me, even though it looks bad right now, we'll all make it. And that's what I preached to my congregation, 67 of us. Well, it looks bad right now. The price of the project is more than doubled, and half of our yahoos have gone and left us. And look at it, God was able. So, But I mean, could you imagine, the price of the building had more than doubled, I got half the people I had, and they looked scared. I'm their fearless leader. And if anybody sees me in town, and they, they go, oh, you're that guy. I thought that place, because you know, for about a year and a half, we had a, a slab with plumbing stubbed out. And weeds. Y'all remember that? Amen. For a year and a half. They said, I thought that place was abandoned. I said, no, it's not abandoned. Then we got the building of the shell of the building up. And it housed the birds for about a year and a half. It was a big bird nest for almost two years. And they said, I thought that place was abandoned. No, it's not abandoned. But see, some of the greatest miracles. I just continue, my wife and I, to believe what God said in our heart. And to keep that in our mouth all the while. Having trouble with my head. Faith is going to learn. You, 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 look at, you look down here and you got it. I know what God said. I know what God told me. I know what God's Word said. By His stripes I'm healed. Well, your spine is severed. What does that have to do with anything? Well, that doesn't have anything to do with the Word. God made the spine. He designed the spine. He knows the spine. It's not anything for His power to put it all back together. But see, your head wants to fight all that and wrestle with all that. But what does faith do? For with the heart you believe unto healing. And with the mouth confession is made unto the manifestation of what you're looking at. Amen. This is how faith works. Amen. And so look down at verse 17. 
this wonderful verse that we're focused on. It says, so then faith cometh. Faith come. Everyone say faith. faith. It comes. You have to understand that. Faith comes. Do you know that faith doesn't just come and stay? You know, at my house, groceries come. But groceries don't stay. Faith has a short shelf life. You know, muscles come. A specific way, right, Caden? Muscles will come. If you put the right fuel in and protein and you break down those muscle fibers by working out, we know how muscle comes. But muscles don't stay. Is that not right? Yeah. I mean, just wave your underarm if you haven't done anything and you'll find out muscle, muscle doesn't stay. But you could have muscle under there. Muscle comes. You just got to do what is necessary for muscle to come. Amen. Well, faith comes, but faith doesn't stay. You're trying to live on what you learned about healing 10 years ago. Well, faith for healing came because you were on it, but have you been on it lately? So how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now, I I'm, I'm really am trusting the Lord to help me because He's been causing me to see some things about hearing in a stronger way, in a fuller way than I've, I've not heard. And to me, the fullest understanding of this verse, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Well, let me, before I make that statement, let's go over to Hebrews and read a scripture here because it'll make more sense, the statement will. If, you, if we read this first, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. Hebrews 4, 1 and 2 says, Let us therefore fear, let us fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into God's rest, any of us should seem to come short of it. Uh, you know the word fear here would be, uh, it would be good to translate it beware. Be wary, beware. Beware of what? Beware of there being a promise from God that you fall short of. You should beware that healing is promised, but you could fall short of it. Many do. Beware lest you, the promise of divine protection that you come short of that and have a tragedy or an accident. Amen. Do you get that? If you read all of chapter 3, you, you would see the context. I'm, I'm, I'm right on it preaching it to you. Amen. I don't want to come short of a promise from God. Amen. So verse 2 goes on and says, For unto us, unto us, was the gospel preached. Now, if it was preached, they heard it. Now, faith is supposed to come by hearing. We just read that. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And it does, but notice this. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them. Notice that. Well, I thought faith came by hearing. It does. Right? But I'm going to make that statement in a minute. So the word was preached to us as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, implying it did profit us, but it did not profit this other group, talking about the Israelites of old. Now why? Not mixing faith 
not being, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Now, I, I, I don't know why I have not seen this. I always read this and thought, not being mixed in faith with what they heard. But that's not what it says. It says they didn't mix faith with them who heard it. Did you see that? Did, did you see the language? I'm not lying about it. Not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. They're talking about second-hand hearing. Could you pull that up in the Amplified? Do you guys have the ability to pull that up in the Amplified? Amen. We'll give them a moment to do that. This wasn't scripted, so praise God. See if they could pull that up in the Amplified. For indeed, we have had the glad tidings the gospel of God proclaimed to us just as truly as they, the Israelites of old, did when the good news of deliverance from bondage came to them. So he's talking about the Israelites, right? But the message they heard did not benefit them because it was not mixed with faith. Go on to the next slide. Amen describes faith. Not mixed in faith by those who heard it, neither were they united in faith with the ones who did, Joshua and Caleb. So the Amplified clarifies and points us to the context in which this verse is being heard. This is about the, ten, the 12 spies coming back. Amen? Remember they came, and they, they came to the precipice of Jericho, to the promised land, and the folks had this great idea that let's send spies into the land to spy it out, to view the land, to come back and give us a report, let us know that it is everything that God said it was. Now, and so God endorsed it, and they picked out a, a representative from each of the 12 tribes. Now you remember this, right? They came back after 40 days, and they were carrying vines of grapes that two men had to carry on a pole. Big old grapes, a land of plenty. It was everything God said it was. Amen. But you remember, ten spies gave what the Bible says it was an evil report about the land. Only two, Joshua and Caleb, gave a faith report. They came back and said, yeah, 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 yes, there are giants, yes, there are walled cities, yes, there's going to be a battle to fight, but let us go up at once, for the Lord is well able to bring us into the land. This verse says, the word of God, Hebrews 4, 2, was preached unto us just like it was them. What was preached to them? It was good news. It wasn't exactly the same good news. The good news that was preached to them was, go into the land, do what I tell you, get the land, I'm going to deliver all the enemies into your hand. Amen. We've had good news preached to us. That's what I endeavor to do every week. Healing belongs to you, the authority of the believer, how to be full of the Holy Ghost, uh, prosperity, divine protection, the blessings of God, teach you about your inheritance. You've had good news preached to you. Faith comes how? By hearing and hearing by the Word of God. But we see it's possible to hear and not, not get where you want to get. Amen. And so we see here that the people that did not enter in, the word they heard did not profit them because they didn't unite themselves with people who were living in faith. But instead, they joined themselves to the whiners, and the skeptics, and the mental people, and the fearful people, and the doubting ones. 
So how do we really fully understand the principle of Romans 10, 17? Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. I'm going to say it this way. The capacity for faith comes every time by hearing, but not the guarantee. If just your ears hearing it, then this church would be well over a thousand people. Right? I, I mean, and the condition of the people would be far greater, me too, than we all are. Because I've been, for 20 years, to the best of my ability, we've been putting it out. Faith comes by hearing you. People heard it. Well, they, do we fully understand what it means to hear? It's got to mean more than just the physical ears having the vibration of sounds from the preacher. Friend, the capacity for life-changing faith comes to every person at the hearing if they really hear. These 12 spies came back. And they heard a report that was different than what God told them. And you have ten people saying, we cannot go up. If we go up, we're going to get killed. There's giants in that land. We cannot do it. And they chose to unite themselves with the fearful ones, the unbelieving ones, the rebellious ones, the griping ones. And the word they heard from Joshua and Caleb and God did not profit them. And they fell short. They died in the wilderness. And so the Lord has been helping me to see there is a whole lot more to hearing than maybe what you've thought and considered. I mean, if every unbeliever, if every, every unbeliever that came in and heard the gospel, if faith just came by hearing, then we'd have a lot more people here. But a lot of people heard the message of salvation. They heard the warning about damnation, judgment, and hell. They heard about their need for a Savior and what Jesus did, and they got up and walked out unchanged. Did they hear? No, they did not hear. Their ears heard sound, but they did not hear according to the Bible definition. The capacity to be saved, the capacity to believe, came with the hearing but they rejected it. Just like the capacity for those Israelites to overcome the giants, to enter into goodly houses, amen, and walled cities, and a land that flowed with milk and honey, all they had to do was believe, mix their faith with the ones who were in faith. This is why you need to join yourself to ministers and ministries who are in faith, who preach faith, who know how to walk by faith. You don't want to unite yourself as a congregation to someone who doesn't talk faith, feeds your fears, wallows with people in doubt and unbelief. Are you with me? What, what does this say? It says, they did not unite themselves in faith with those who were in faith. See, I can be in faith, but are you in faith? You can be, and it does come by hearing. But we're going to have to broaden and get a deeper definition of what hearing really is. Amen? You're, you're close by here. 
uh, the next book is James. So go to James chapter 1. That's to the right. Y'all with me this morning? We're going to go someplace. We want to go there quickly. Amen. Glory to God. James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Let me find, yeah, verse number 21. Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity. Oh boy, King James. Filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. When was the last time you talked like that? Now little Johnny, that was superfluity of naughtiness. I want you to quit. No, we don't really talk like that anymore, right? Amen. Basically, lay aside living wrong. And, and then notice the positive admonition and instruction from James. What does he say? Receive any old way? No, receive with meekness. What does the word meekness mean? Humble, with humility. Receive with humility the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. You could say it this way, receive with meekness, humility, the engrafted word which is able to pay your bills, which is able to protect you in dangerous times, which is able to heal your body. Come on. The word must be properly received. Is that right? The word must be properly received. The first opportunity you have to receive the word is at the hearing. Amen. Some people approach the word unteachable. They're unteachable. And this, this happens less and less to me as I get a little older. My pastor told me it was going to happen. He said, listen, just understand you're 28 you're going to have a lot of people in the church older than you. And they're not going to listen to you very well. Because to you, to them, you're just a young whippersnapper. I've been in the church 30 years. Now, it doesn't have to be that way. Amen? It shouldn't be that way. It doesn't matter what mouth it's coming out of. If it is the Word of God... It should not be received with pride. Notice he didn't say, receive the word with skepticism. Some people come to church like this. <laughs> now, I do not, you should not be gullible. And when something is new and sort of strange to your hearing, listen, number one, that doesn't mean it's not right. I said, that doesn't mean, I've had people gather their stuff because I said something that was new and strange to their Baptist hearing or to whatever, whatever, whatever group, not mad at anybody, and just pick up their little stuff and go, bless God. Well, they did not, notice they heard faith, the capacity for faith to be filled with the Spirit, let's say, and be filled with the Holy Ghost, speak with tongues. That's the one that gets them, right? Oh, we're out of here, bless God. Well, did they hear? They did not. Their ears heard sounds, but they did not hear. 
they rejected it. They rejected it so intensely they wanted to let us all know. They weren't even going to be gracious enough to wait and slip out at the end of the service. They're going to leave in protest. Maybe they thought we were dangerous. We're going to whip out the snakes at any minute. Right? Now I heard, I, I wasn't raised up in a setting that, was, that taught the baptism with the Holy Ghost. And when I heard, it was strange to my, my hearing too. But there was something in my heart that was hungry and sincere. I approached the Word with enough humility and meekness to think maybe this guy knows something about the Bible I don't know. Maybe it's just quite possible that me and my 19 years of infinite wisdom on planet Earth, <laughs> that this seasoned man of God might know something from the Bible that I don't know. And because my heart was sincere and humble enough, the capacity of faith came with the Word. I was persuadable. Not gullible, persuadable. Listen, are you persuadable? We live in a generation that just is obstinate. They just have this attitude, many have this attitude, that's what I believe. That's what I believe. I believe God is love and homosexuality is just fine. That's what I believe. Well, because you believe it, and you're really, you know, uppity about it, does that equal God agreeing with your belief? Where did you get that? What do you, sweetheart, what are you basing that on? That's I, 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 what I believe. You could have based heaven or hell on this is what I believe. What's your, what's your basis of faith? What's your basis of that? Well, and they want to spit out something scientific or something. They don't know what they're talking about. And yet that's what they believe. And they expect the God of the universe to conform. They worship a God of their own making, a God of their own imagination. Everybody's going to make it la-di-da. And hell burns and hell fills with precious souls who went into the flames going, but I believe, but I believe. See, Bible hearing that, that brings faith is going to be a humble, teachable approach to the Word that says, teach me. Show me. Show me in the Word. What is the Word of God? And if you can show it to me in the Word of God, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, I will gladly embrace it and receive it and believe it and move forward with it. That's Bible hearing. <laughs> I don't know if y'all are with me or not. Father, help me. Let's go to uh, Deacon Philip. Where was that scripture you used the other day? Second Thessalonians. You're going to have to go back to the left. Second Thessalonians. I have it in my notes here somewhere. Mm -mm. Glory, glory, glory. 
Talking about when they received the word of God, they received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth. The word of God. What's that? 2 verse 10. 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 10. No. First Thessalonians 2.13. Thank you, sir. First Thessalonians 2.13. For this cause also, thank we God without ceasing. Because, now notice this, when you received the word of God, I wonder when they received it. When they heard it. When they heard it, what did they do? They received it. Hearing the word from a Bible perspective is receiving the word. So when you receive the word of God, he speaks about this group of Christians in Thessalonica, which you heard of us. You received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, what? The word of God, which effectually works also in you that believe. So certainly faith came and came by hearing, but the only reason they got to faith at the hearing because they received the word that Paul brought, not as a word of a mere man, but as it is in truth, the word of God. Now, uh, all of us should, should be very careful to guard our heart in this area. Because well-meaning people, people who are with me still today, I sense, maybe I'm wrong, but I sense my word, the word of God in my mouth no longer moves them. Because they have become familiar. Same word. A word that is transforming someone else's life over here. And the other person is un- unmoved, unaffected. Because of the way that they are approaching the hearing. They, listen, we boredom, Dr. Dufresne, my spiritual father for 10 years, said boredom is a spiritual killer. Boredom is a ministry killer. Listen, it is, it is your job not to get bored coming to this place. Not mine. And listen, there is no smoke machine coming to entertain you. There's no donkey and pony show coming to keep you interested. There's no laser light show coming. There's no concert style praise and worship coming where we're all going to jump up and down for an hour like a pogo stick and call that the anointing. You're either going to have a heart that wants to hook on with whatever song we're singing because it's got the word in it so that you can use it as a tool to praise God and worship God or you're going to stand there and have nothing in dryness. That's, that's up to you. I mean, I can go into a setting, I can go to the hills and hollers of eastern Kentucky where they have a wood, a bong, and some spoons, and I'll praise God, I'll praise God. I have praised God in Spanish, I have praised God in Telugu, I have praised God to Hick, I have praised God to Hymnal, I have praised God to uh, Laminate, or you know, the lit thing, the trans, what do they call that? The overhead projector. I don't care. Does it have redemption in it? Does it have the Word in it? Will it give me something to hook onto to express my love, my heart, my adoration for God? Get over style and mm, all that. 
That's, it's worldly. I'm telling you, it's worldly. It's carnal. Pastor Nancy enjoys a much more gospelly, traditional form of praise and worship. I go to her meeting and get over in the spirit. Dr. Jacobs loves a lot more guitar, rock and roll, na 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 style of praise and worship. And I can, I can bang my head and get in there. And... But I don't care, you go back to the hymnal, and there's a lot of doubt and unbelief and fear and all that, and now you get over into this contemporary praise and worship, and it's all about me, me, and what I can do, and nothing about God, and they don't sing about the blood, and there's no anointing on it, but oh man, it'll move you to jump up and down, oh praise God. It is not my job, it is not your local church's job to keep you entertained. It is your job to be thrilled. It is your job to be thrilled. To get to come to a place where you can hear the Word of God. And, you know, they're, they're all, I know it's carnal. Is Pastor Chris preaching to this week or is he on vacation? Because if he's, if he's, if he's not there, I'm not coming. You're, you're, you're a baby. That's carnal. Do you trust me to put people behind the pulpit who will bring you the Word? See, if you're here for the Word, for the Word of God, you don't care if it's coming out of Faith's mouth or Brother Russell's mouth or my wife's mouth or my mouth. Right. It's the Word of God that's going to change your life, not my dy dynamic, charismatic personality if you think I have it. That's not going to help you. It's the Word. The Word. Come on. It comes out of me kind of whatever, and my wife laughs and goes, ha, 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 and tells jokes and tells funny stories. And it don't matter. I have, will you look, we all have personality, stylistic preferences. That's not wrong, but don't think spiritual. Amen. But if the Word of God coming out of this ministry, this pulpit, won't move you, it doesn't affect you, I can't correct you, whether it's from the pulpit or even personally, you're just the same, 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 the same. You are not hearing. The capacity for faith is being there every time you hear. But you're not hearing. I don't have time to go there, but in Mark chapter 4, remember the parable of the sower sows the word. And Jesus said, some seed of the word is sown to the wayside. And he said, the wayside person, the, the word never gains any entrance with them. And notice what, what he said when he explained the parable of the sower soweth the word about the wayside guy privately to his disciples. He said, immediately, Satan comes and steals the word. Well, I thought faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by real hearing. They didn't hear. Their ears, and remember, the, the way that whole parable explanation got started, my understanding is, is they asked Jesus, Privately, why do you teach the, the masses, the multitudes, in parables? Why don't you just tell it straight? And he said that the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled, that this people, that hearing, they won't hear. And seeing, they won't see. Lest they receive and turn and be saved. For their hearts, not God, their hearts have grown hard and dull. And their eyes 
have become dull. They're hard of hearing. They did it. See, the word, whether it's in a parable or just coming out straight, the word is encrypted. The word is encrypted. It's put out there in encrypted form. Faith. The proper receiving of the word unlocks the richness, the faith-producing power, the light, the healing, the joy, the power that's in the word. It doesn't affect everybody the same. So he would teach it in parable, but the person that approached the word hungry with a right heart that was sincere, not gullible, but receptive, teachable, humble, hungry, it in, they get the meaning. And faith comes. And faith comes in they're saved, and faith comes in they're healed, and faith comes in they're filled with the Spirit. While other people go, I don't get it. I don't believe in all that tongues business anyway. I'm, you know, I was always told that this or that. That's your problem. You were always told. What does the Word say? That's what I care about. What does the Word say? Amen. So we're going to have to close here. But, uh, oh, man, 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 man. Deuteronomy chapter 1. Just a thought or two more and then we'll let you go. Is this okay? You get into some of these things and, and we're not. Don't get nervous. This is how Paul preaches all night and Eutychus falls out a three-story window. Because there's so much to say. There is so much to say. Deuteronomy chapter 1. <clears throat> Let's read verse 41 down to 43. Then you answered and said unto me, We have sinned against the Lord. We will go up and fight. Now God told them, go up and fight. And they said, uh-uh, we scared. We're not doing it. And God finally had his fill, and he said, fine. You're staying here, and your parents will die in this land. And then when they heard that, they go, oh, we changed our mind. We'll go. And God said, no. No, I heard you. It's over. You're not going into the land. Well, now they've changed their mind. Now they're going to go up. But see, they can't go up in faith now. Because God told them, don't go. Faith comes by hearing. Right? That's exactly right. And so we will go up and fight, they said, according to all that the Lord our God commanded us. Yeah, right. And when you had girded on every man his weapons of war, you were ready to go up into the hill. Verse 42, And the Lord said unto me, Say unto them. This is what happens with your preacher if you have a real preacher. During the week, the Lord says to the preacher, Say unto my people. But the people are bored of the preacher. Or offended at the preacher. Or distracted that day. They love the preacher, but they're distracted. And they're thinking about the lake, or the grass, or the thing that's coming after Yeah. And the Lord said unto me, Say unto them, Go not up, neither fight, for I am not among you, lest you be smitten before your enemies. Verse 43, So I spoke unto you, and you, you would not hear. Before we go, I want you to see what is implied in the Hebrew understanding here of the word hear. 
you would not hear. Did their ear hear the sound? God spoke. Moses heard it. Moses accurately relayed to the people what God said. This, our Bible says they would not hear. What is implied in the word hear? Listen. Obey. Hebrew scholars in the commentaries I read yesterday, this Hebrew word implies a hearing with a preconceived attitude of acceptance and obedience. That is hearing. When you know it's coming from God, then I come to church with a preconceived, I've already decided, I'm going to agree with and embrace and obey what I hear. But that's not what they did. Their ears heard it, but what did they do? They rebelled. They disobeyed. So in the Hebrew Bible understanding of what it means to hear, Reverend Marilyn, it means to heed, to listen, to have a regard for, a respect for, an honor for what you hear. With a, a, a ready, happy decision to obey it. And that's not what they did. That's not what they did. We'll just quote it. You don't have to turn there. But Psalm 119, that's the largest chapter in the Bible. Psalm 119, verse 130. <laughs> you might put it up on the board. The first part of that verse says, The entrance of thy words gives light. It's coming. Psalm 119, verse 130. The entrance of God's word brings light. You know, in, in the church I grew up in, I never did have strong faith for healing. Can somebody tell me why that would be true? I never heard it. I, I, never, had, I never had strong faith for the, that I had a say, the authority of the believer. Why would that be true? never heard it but you know i have since told people that i love and care about in those same settings about the word i heard and it didn't it didn't do in them what it did in you you ever wonder how come us look at the company god's brought us into look look at the ministers the light the truth the life-changing message how come? It's not just because we're better looking, right? I mean, that, we're good looking, but I mean, that's just not it. You want to know why? We honored it. We honored it. We received it. We embraced it. I've given, I've spent good money and spent stacks. People are having real trouble in their life. Stacks of books I did from Brother Hagin. Easy to read. If you don't get Brother Hagin, I don't, I don't understand you. And I mentioned Brother Hagin one time. And the guy goes, I'm leaving. That guy scares me. I'm like, well, if, if you don't like Brother Hagin, you need to go because I don't get you. He's like a lawyer. He gives 25 scriptures for every point. I mean, what is your problem? Whatever. But I've given them to people and I've come back. I say, you do any of those books? No, no. I've done people that, you know, that way and they, they died. I gave them healing resources, scriptures, sermons. They wouldn't even pick them up but they went to every doctor's appointment. 
They suffered through every procedure. They all died. They all died doing that to me and to themselves and to God. Y'all ever get that scripture? The entrance of God's word gives light. See, faith requires light. I didn't have faith in those areas because I wasn't getting any light, and I wasn't getting any light because I wasn't getting any teaching on it. But notice it says, the, with the entrance of his word. I looked up that word last night, we'll close with this. This word is the Hebrew word, uh, P-E-T-A-C-H, and this is what it means. It means a place of admission, a gateway or a doorway. But you know, you know, if it's like we went to the shopping, you know, we went to the Green Hill Mall in Nashville, nice mall for shopping. We my wife's birthday, Rex's birthday. And we want to go high end mall, look around at night stuff. So we went over there. And the first place we wanted to stop into was the Rolex store. Woo, Rolex store. Yeah. And uh, you know, we go and I pull and I thought, man, they're closed. Well, they're not closed. The door's locked. And we just kind of stood there peering in, like, hey, let me, let me in. And a big, big security guard comes with a gun on his hip. We came to the door, but we, we did not gain entrance until he unlocked the door and said, come in. Only then did we gain entrance into the Rolex store. Any preacher that's preaching any good part of the Word of God is putting out something far more precious than a Rolex watch. They're putting out rich treasures. And we're putting it out. But for faith to come alive in you, you have to open the door. The door of your heart. You have to admit that word into your heart. When you do that, faith comes. But if you refuse it, see that guy could have said, we out of Rolex watches. I mean, that's what he should have said because we went in there and looked at case after case after case of emptiness. They didn't have anything. They didn't. They didn't have anything. But, you know, praise God. They, he let me in. We, had to, we, we gained entrance. Do you see that? Now, again, my Bible's closed, but the very first time the word P-E-T-A-C-H in the Hebrew, entrance, door, gateway, place of admission appears in the Bible is right up front in Genesis with the issue of Cain. And you remember Cain was mad as a hornet because his offering was rejected by God. And God in His mercy shows up and gives Cain a word. And the word that Cain got was, Cain, why are you angry? If you do what's right, will you not be accepted? But if you will not do what is right, sin lieth at the, the door. And it's that Hebrew word. Sin lies at the door, and it's waiting for you. And the Hebrew commentator I read after said, this word, pitak, or however you want to say it in Hebrew, lies at the door, pictures Satan crouched at the door of Cain's heart, waiting to see if he could steal that word if, if Cain doesn't respond right to it. At the entrance of God's word comes light.
But remember what Jesus said about that wayside guy? The, the seed of the word finds no entrance into the heart, and Satan comes immediately. He comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their heart. Matches exactly. Amen? Your approach, my approach to the word of God is everything. So, if, you know, I try not to ask you a lot, of a lot, you know. Some people say I have high expectations as a pastor. I guess that's right. I do. I expect, I expect things of you. You expect things of me. But if you really in these last days have any real regard for me, stir yourself up. Don't let yourself neglect or get bored or become indifferent to anything related to this book. It's your life. This is our life. This is your healing. This is your vaccine right here. This is a hun- no side effects and 100% guaranteed to work right here. Right here. This is your money. Listen, this is your eternity. Your eternity is wrapped up in what you do with the words. With the words. So don't read it every day. Come to church with an expectancy with a, so you can receive with the Word of God with meekness, with humility. Amen? And if need be, if you know me just coming behind this pulpit saying open your Bibles for 20 years has gotten you bored, stir yourself. Some of these, I've been, doing, I've been doing the same thing just as long as you have. But I'm more excited about these things maybe today than I ever have been. Amen. How's faith come? Comes by hearing, but hearing means embracing. Hearing means taking it. Hearing means receiving it. Hearing means being glad about it. Amen. You buck up against it and kick against it. Get yourself in a bad way. You don't want to do that about your salvation. That's how you die and go to hell. Amen. Amen, amen. Well, let's bow our heads and pray. Father, I... I